Hey Rich, any word on a meet and greet this year? Or do I have to make other arrangements for a hog for my freezer? Now let us know if you can. Thanks again for everything. That is a message from a friend of Bungie inquiring about the Death by Bungie third ever meet and greet. And meet is spelled M-E-A-T. The reason it's spelled M-E-A-T is because we're after meat. We're not just meeting and greeting each other and talking and hanging out. We're also after a wild hog or some other animal to fill the freezer. It's a great time. Check out the previous videos if you're unfamiliar with the meet and greet. The first ever Death by Bungie meet and greet. Four friends of Bungie and I got together and had a blast. It was the first time I ever experimented with something like that. The second ever Death by Bungie meet and greet was four times as fantastic. Sixteen friends of Bungie gathered in the woods of north central Pennsylvania at the Tioga Boar Preserve, and we had a great time. Those videos are available on the YouTube channel. If you subscribe to the free, can you believe it, free email newsletter, you should be subscribed to that. On that free email newsletter on deathbybungie.com, you sign up for it on there, you can unsubscribe at any time. I will be releasing details of the third ever Death by Bungie meet and greet. I'm in the process of planning that right now, and I apologize for not getting that stuff up there sooner, for not telling you, friends of Bungie, who are interested in that sooner. A bunch of you have been hitting me up and saying, look, uh, you know, um, what are you doing? Can you let us in on when it's going to be and all that stuff? And I really appreciate you, your interest, and I'm sorry if I let you down in terms of not getting back to you sooner. That information is coming by way of email first. The folks who sign up for that free email newsletter will get the first opportunity to sign up for future meet and greets. Thanks for your interest. All hail Bungie. Why don't you bring us in on this one, Genevieve? Okay. So today, Dad and I are driving around all over the county. We're going to various bow shops, and we're looking at different crossbows because Dad wants a new one. <laughs> yep, and this most recent version of this Talking with Bungie podcast... We did two earlier today. We looked at Ravens, right? Yep. In one shop, and then we went to a second shop and we looked at some Excaliburs and some Killer Instincts. And a Lancehead. And a Lancehead, and we saw that. And we saw some Ten Points, and we saw some, uh, what else did they have there? What was the other one? Did they say Axe. They had Axe. They had Axe crossbows, which is not on our list to try, but it was neat to see in person. This last of today's trips, this is what I've joked about being the great Death by Bungie triathlon, <laughs> And that is basically us trying out these different crossbows that are on my list to try out as we're looking for a successor to Bungie. And the shop that we just went to is the only local dealer for... Mission crossbows. Mission crossbows. And we tried out two different models, which are actually... This is what's cool about this local shop. Sometimes with a local shop, you don't get the selection, blah, blah, blah. But here, we got both of the models I wanted to try out, and both of them with the color patterns that we wanted to try out. How cool is oh, that? Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So I was very interested in the Mission Sub 1XR. That's the 410 feet per second mission. That is an interesting crossbow. We'll talk about my thoughts on that after we've got this hands-on and got a chance to shoot that bad boy. They also had the Mission Sub-1 Lite, another newer model, 
see the original sub ones, Genevieve, I think are like the 365 feet per second type models. And then they came out with a sub one XR that's 410. But they also came out with a sub one light, which is like 338. Here's what's neat about the 338. Let's lead off with that. What did we find out about that crossbow? I finally found a crossbow that I can cock. <laughs> with a rope cocker? Yeah. And you didn't even have to use a crank. In fact, we didn't even look at cranks at the store. Nope. So tell us about that cocking experience. This crossbow, there's not a lot of fiddling around with it, I don't think. Okay. You put the rope cocker on, it hooks underneath the crossbow instead of on top, like the Excaliburs. The rope does, correct. Yeah, yeah. And then you put the hooks on the string, and you put it on fire, and you pull it back, and the safety clicks in automatically. So it goes from fire to safe when it's cocked. You kind of hear yeah. all that happen. Yeah. So now you've got the crossbow cock, and getting a rope cocker off was a little bit of a finagle. Yeah, it's got a bit thicker hooks than what we're used to. Wider, yeah. Yeah. And so, and this has a steeper cocking angle at the same time. So those hooks, once that thing's cocked, the hooks are, you're fine to take them out, but you got to finagle them a little bit to get them out of there. You don't want to be working your serving or anything like that. So that's an issue, but it's still, the sub one light, I should say, I think is like, I don't know what draw weight it is, but it was a pretty hard to pull back when you started. It wasn't terrible. Okay. It wasn't that bad, but it has a nice let off to it though. All right. And describe what let off means to you. It means that after I get to a certain point pulling it up, it becomes easier. Like real easy. Real easy. Yeah. Like. You got, when you were cocking I got that, about halfway up and then I sort of stopped because I knew there was let off. I didn't know at what point the let off was going to start. So I didn't want to haul it up at full force and like break something. Right. So I slowed right down and just because I didn't want to mess anything up with it. But it's considerably easier once you reach that let off point. Yeah. Did you almost think you were going to stop? Yeah, I did. And we had talked about if you can't do it, just let it back down gently, and that would be okay. But you got to the point where and you, you slowed or stopped, and then you went a little bit further, and all of a sudden, wow, this was easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty sweet. Now, my experience cocking the Sub 1 XR, which is the, I don't know what XR stands for, but it stands for extra really hard to cock, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it really wasn't that hard to cock. It is harder to pull at a start than bungee. The bungee's 175 pound recurve, 175 pound draw weight, and so you're starting at 175 pounds. By the time you reach the top, it's still 175 pounds, but it's only 175 pounds. This yeah, one, I yeah. think, is 200, the one that I did, and that extra 25 pounds. It seemed like it made a difference. It's heavier to yeah, cock. Yeah. I didn't know if, when I first started, same thing. I, I don't know if I can cock this, but I, I mean, I know I can cock this. Mm -hmm. But once you reach that let off, I practically could have done it with one hand. It was a totally different experience. So that was pretty sweet. Didn't have any problems there. And we learned a lot based on the cocking of these crossbows. The shooting of it, why don't you describe that? I like this crossbow a lot more than the Raven that we uh, shot earlier because there is no vibration to this crossbow at all. It was a smooth, silky experience. It was, it? it's very quiet. Even indoors, it was really quiet. It's got no recoil at all. 
and it's just it's very comfortable yeah shoot. there was recoil with the ravens we talked yeah, about yeah. that in the raven podcast a couple podcasts ago here we recorded them all this morning but but yeah we talked about that this one was just like wow it just the shot and it wasn't a big deal and the trigger very smooth it does have a two-stage trigger so i think in a backyard you get used to that two-stage trigger and that's a different trigger experience than what we had with the ravens too that raven pulling it back um, and again, you get used to where it is, but that one, you're just pulling it back and eventually it fires. There will be with the two-stage trigger, the difference is as you're pulling that back, you come to a point where it's a, they call that the wall. You reach a wall, which you and I didn't probably didn't pay much attention to that, but you reach a wall where when you pull, where it'll stop, you're still pulling on it, but it'll stop. And it takes a little bit extra pressure to pull past that three pounds of pressure. So that wall it's going to be smoother in that it kind of gives you, you know when that's going to fire. With the Raven, it was like, uh, what's going to happen here? It's, it's not firing. you got to pull it back a long ways. you got to pull it. It felt like a long ways. It really it did. did. And, you know, but that's based on just these shots. And I think all of these triggers are something you get used to. I think it would probably be more important that your trigger pull is consistent all the time than anything else. But different folks like different strokes, and you got different triggers for different people and different applications. This one, I really did like the shooting of that crossbow, and I agree, very smooth. We don't have to worry about accuracy, really, with any of these crossbows, I'm hoping, but with mission, you know, they're really big on the accuracy and all that. Um, I will take this moment to give a shout-out to Creekside Outdoors and thank uh, Ken for showing us this crossbow and being a very gracious host for this morning. We, were, we took up a good 45 minutes of his time with questions and answers. We talked a little bit. I actually know him from high school. Creekside Outdoors outside of Laceyville, Bradford County, Pennsylvania. If you want to buy some mission stuff there, they also have 10 Point. Great place to go. And that guy, you know, they're not sponsored by them or anything like that. I'm just giving him a shout out because I do believe that the service that that place will provide, it makes me confident that if I buy a mission crossbow, I can go to him and he's going to treat me right. I really feel that way after speaking with him. So I'll throw that out there. This was actually, um, I didn't realize or I didn't remember that he owned this place. Went down there to see him today and I haven't seen him in years, but I graduated from high school with him. So it's like a small world. That was pretty nice. Nice to see him again and nice to see that crossbow uh, and the, have the tour that we got of his facility and of those crossbows. What else we got on Crossbow Talk, Genevieve? Want to talk about Half Moon Knox? I don't know a whole lot about them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do have a cock feather and hen feathers on these arrows, different colored veins. The white one goes down on this. Yes. So that's very important. Also, um, he reassured me that there's no reason to deviate from the mission arrows. You're going to be totally satisfied with them. Uh, my only concern about a mission arrow is the weight of it. Yours are actually heavier. Yours are like 415, four, yeah. I think, when you add your 150 grain broadhead on here. So these are actually a little lighter, and that's how they're getting those speeds. But if mission's happy with it, I'm happy with it. I don't care. Number-wise, when we look at moosing, right, when we look at our momentum numbers, you're going to be a little light on the momentum numbers. You're going to be around, I think, with 150 grain broadhead, you're at 0.7 just over 0.7 slugs, which is in the ballpark. It's doable, it's acceptable. A little more would be maybe a little bit better, but you're passing through deer in the 0.6s. I have in the past 
passed through a deer or two in the point fives. Can you believe that? <laughs> so when I jack up the 150 grain broadhead on this crossbow, it would be satisfactory. I think we're in point sevens. We should be okay. You're gonna be okay, right? Yeah. Is that a dead turkey? Yeah. We're driving along the road here on our big uh, triathlon, and there's a dead gobbler along the road. I think that was a gobbler. Yeah. Based on the feathers. Um, Want to stop and pick it up? It's been there a while, it looks like. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you're saying if it wasn't... I might be a little more accepting of the idea of touching it if it wasn't here for like a week. <laughs> okay. I was thinking more like, you know, propping it up and filling a tag in a month. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what else? There, you know, the missions did not offer this little experiment, this little experience of trying out this crossbow did not change anything for me. Really. When I looked at mission before, I was very interested in mission crossbows. And I am still interested in mission crossbows. Yeah. I mean, they're just a good looking crossbow, smooth shooting crossbow. I don't see anything on there that would be a problem. Like, oh, there is one thing. The safety clicks. Yeah. It has an audible click. It has the same audible click, and I don't think you can cancel it. I think if you move that safety forward slowly, it's going to click. I think so, too. I don't think there's a way around it. It is a clicky safety. It's kind of loud. And in my experience, I have had deer look up when I turned off the safety if I did it too loud. Now on Bungie, and I think on your crossbow as well, we have the hammer style safety up yeah. there by your thumb. And those... You, you can ease that up really easy. And it doesn't click. Yeah. Right. With, if you snap it up, it'll click. Yeah. This one, I think, no matter what you do, it's going to click. And that, and that's their... Deer might not be a fan. Deer, <laughs> eventually that's going to put somebody on alert where they weren't previously on alert. And I'll tell you another problem that safety location you got to click plus you've got you got your, your hand moving yeah so we've got to click and then now we got a deer looking at us as we're moving our hand from the safety location back to the trigger location in the field is the only way to test this right but i can tell you I, and i don't but you don't know until you do it you don't know if that's going to affect your hunt but i can guarantee you i can promise you 100 percent that that is going to affect a hunt at some point with those crossbows. Yep. I've yep. been there, I've been in a blind at 35 yards, and that video is on YouTube. I have a yearling doe, a fall, actually it's a fawn doe, I believe, this years ago that this happened, but this deer's at 35 yards. It's the only deer I've ever shot while crossbow hunting that I used a rangefinder on before I shot it. My method, typically, what you and I have talked about is you figure out all the ranges before the deer get there, yeah. right? And then you let your scope do the work. You're just pointing the and scope. And then if they're in between those two points that you got your range found for, you just go from there. Yeah, you just yeah. go in between the reticles. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you're not using a range finder because the range, you, you, the deer are going to see it moving your hands yeah, around. Yeah. I mean, that's great if you can do it. This was one where I was in a blind and that deer was feeding. And she was content, not paying any attention. And I used the rangefinder and found her at 35 yards. Took that shot, killed that deer with bungee. That is the longest shot I've ever taken with bungee. Killed that deer. She ran quite a ways. I actually had to have your uncle Nick come and help me locate her. And we found her no problem. But uh, that's the one that tried to cross the creek there and didn't quite make it. Oh, fell back yeah. in the creek and we found her in the creek. Uh, 
All filled it, up with water. All filled yeah. up with water. Real funny story. All right. I know these tangents sometimes are a nuisance, but think about this. This is still kind of funny. So this deer, I drag her out. And when I was gutting her, um, the carcass was full of water. And I said, oh, man, she must have. I told Nick, she must have fallen in a creek there and she was gasping and she inhaled all this water. So it was in her lungs. And when I gutted her, it all came out of the lungs because I put holes in the lungs. And he said it could also be from the broadhead holes on both sides of yeah. her body. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. So that's actually, I'm like, I think I overthought that one. Really what happened was she sat in here and yeah. the holes in her hide just filled up with water. That's all it was. So she was like a big bucket. But all worked out for the best. Found that deer, no problem. That was a 35-yard shot, a pass-through. I actually have a GoPro footage. If you want to watch that video, people should go watch that video. It was a, it was a fun video. Um, there was a GoPro footage that I used in that one, and it went... I think Buckley was part of that video, too. was part of that hunt. Isn't that funny? Buckley is our buck decoy. Who's <laughs> been so, through a lot. <laughs> he's been through a lot. He's had some rough times. He takes he gets the short end of the stick, no matter what. Yeah. But that pass-through was with an X-Act broadhead, not a Rage. So take that for what it's worth. It was still adequate in filling up the carcass with water. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, and this is where this actually matters for the context of this video, or of this podcast, rather, the reason why this is relevant to this podcast is because when I flipped the safety up, it made the same click. And I was in a blind 35 yards away, and that doe stopped and looked at me. She looked right at me before I took that shot. Fortunately, it all worked out for the best. But that's still an issue. That's an issue. Is it a deal breaker? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe, maybe if you time it just right, and then you use that to stop them instead of making a noise to get them to stop. Yeah, I don't make a noise unless I have to. Yeah. But that buck, when he came out, I about lost my voice because I was yeah, yelling yell at him, at him to get like, him to stop. <laughs> but I was like, as loud as I could do it, I I actually strained my voice because he was booking. That was the buck from this year. If you watch that video. Uh, but like in your buck, when your buck came in this year on opening day under the apple tree, you didn't make any noises. No. You're just looking for no. a clear shot, make sure the other deer are out of the way. Neither did my doe. Didn't make any noises there either? No. no. She was just standing still looking around, so. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Looking for something to do. <laughs> yeah, that one's different. I think, I don't know. I don't know. A part of me looks at the Sub-1XR, the Genevieve can rope cock and uncock, and I think, oh, the Sub-1XR light is perfect for Genevieve, and I'll get the Sub-1XR, will be a mission household, right? Yeah. There you go. Pretty exciting stuff. On the other hand, you would actually be stepping down in speed yeah. and arrow weight, because I'm betting that, that Sub-1 light does not shoot a very heavy arrow. Uh, these are more technology-driven crossbows. They are not draw weight only driven crossbows like ours yeah there's a difference there but i think that you'd be stepping down in terms of pass through performance perhaps mm -hmm. with that sub one light but it is a sweet crossbow the and the other question is i'm not sure what other crossbows have for options for safeties are they maybe they're all clicky right yeah the raven was quiet but the raven 
That safety. was in a weird spot, and it was. That was in a weird spot. It was a weird safety because you, like you moved the lever, and I didn't even lever. know if it was off yeah. or not. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, did I do it or not? I can't. Like, it doesn't click at all. But it's like, it doesn't even give me a notification that I did it right. You know, I, until you I pull the trigger, I don't really like, know. Slide into place or anything either. Yeah, it's it, like, that's what I mean. It was. Yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't. It was like I don't even know if I did it right. Yeah, yeah. But it was. I mean, but that's a performing crossbow. But compared to the Raven, the mission is a. It, it shoots like silk, like butter. Oh yeah. There was something else I was going to bring up. The fit and feel, balance, all that with the with the mission. That's top, just fine. Yeah. Top notch. It's all fine. Yeah, it was all what more can you ask for? What about the scope and the reticles? I like the scope a lot more than the one on the Raven. The reticles are a lot further apart, and they don't seem all clumped up in there. It was a lot easier for me, and I did not shoot it with the Raven. I had to turn on the illumination in order to be able to uh -huh. tell what I was doing. With this one, no. No. Now this is a Hawk scope. It's a Hawk XB1 that we have on here. I'm, that's a, a perfectly acceptable scope. That is a fine scope. I would probably upgrade that to the XB30. I'm, I'm interested in that more low light performance, as old as I am. I've mentioned that. So, I, and I talked to him about that. He would be happy to switch out that scope and just pay the difference on the upgraded scope. So I can still get that crossbow packaged with the scope of my choosing, not a problem. Oh, another thing. What? Customer service is really good, apparently. Tell them about that little incident. Today, for whatever reason, there was a problem with the safety, I think. Yeah. And it wasn't going on to safety. It was just staying on fire. So he was actually, he called them on the phone, and within five minutes, they walked him through how to fix that problem. Right. I had it, I cocked it and uncocked it. And then when I let it down, the nice thing about uncocking these missions is you just pull back on the string when you're in decock mode and let it down. The Apparently there's an issue with whether or not you, and I hope it wasn't just this specimen. In other words, this crossbow's messed up. Apparently it is an issue across the board. Not an issue, but it's just a uh, procedure across the board with missions that you have to follow. And that is that it has to be, you have to have the safety in the right position before you push the decocking mechanism and before you decock the crossbow. By doing it that way, he said the trigger was all was now out of time, right? Yeah, that's sort of And he had to call the company. And, they, and he had done this before, but it had been years since he had done it, or months since he had done it. So he actually had to call Mission to get to the figure, and they had to walk him through how to reset that trigger so it was back to square one. And I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that but also more comfortable with the fact that he was able to get them on the phone instantly yeah. and solve that yeah. issue and on the fact that uh, if something goes wrong with my crossbow I can go back to him and he will help me fix that problem you're right thanks for bringing that up that actually so that you know that's something if that happens in the woods that ain't no good yeah that's no good and I can tell you right now that never happened with Bungie <laughs> yeah. you know so we can say what we want and ditto for Bungie Jr. Yeah. And I think that that's an issue there. And even if you have some other kind of problem and it's not that trigger thing, you can still get them on the phone. Right, right. And I've yeah. heard that across the board with Mission. People really do like Mission. Mission's made in the United States. The company's here. Company's here speaking English, speaking to you on the phone, ready to help you out. And that's a, that's a big deal. That really matters. Now, it'd be nicer, though, if... You got a crossbow where you don't ever have to call customer service. Yeah. 
I've called Excalibur a couple of times just with dumb questions because I was a noob crossbow hunter. <laughs> and then some of that was last year. <laughs> but no, I've called Excalibur, but it's usually, it's not questions because something was broken. It's questions about, do I need to do this? Or should I be doing this? Or what about this? Will this work if I do this? That kind of thing. Those are the kinds of questions I've, you know, companies get certain reputations. And I think Excalibur and Mission both have equally fine reputations about customer service. And some of the customer uh, service is with smaller companies is better. You'll see that too. So, I mean, we talk about, uh, people tell me with the Scorpids, for example, you get them a call and you get them on the phone. It's, you're getting like the, the guy who owns the company on the phone will answer questions for you, you know? And that's, that's nice, nice to hear. Seems like there was something else I was gonna say about the Mission Crossbow. I'm just impressed I can cock it. I'm impressed that you can cock it. I actually shot a little video of that. We'll try and post that on with this podcast. If you go to deathbybungie.com, you can look on there. It'll be a little video of Genevieve cocking a crossbow. And you can see the gears turning in my head, thinking about when that let-off's going to happen. Or if it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm not feeling any let-off here. But once you got that, now you know you would be able to do that time and time again. Mm Safety location, we talked about that. The trigger pull, we talked about that. I do like the AR style grips on here. You can get a different grip and put your custom grips on here. Custom grips is cool. I like customization when it makes it my own, but doesn't interfere with the overall performance of the crossbow. I got no problem with stuff if it's gonna make the performance better. I'm not a big fan of modifying things if it's can, can, can potentially cause performance issues. I don't like that. Oh, I got something. What is it? You can't use a big fixed blade broadhead. Oh yeah, he, that's a good point. At the On the riser of this crossbow, when crossbows get smaller and smaller like this, you got less room left over for stuff, right? And I've joked before about how using, now we've gotten to the point crossbows are so small that the quiver is too big. So now we have to go to three arrow quivers because- Like mine. Not, yeah, there's yeah. no place to put a four-arrow quiver. I could have a ten-arrow quiver on bungee, and it would be, like, <laughs> smaller than the crossbow. So you do have that issue. One of the things when you get smaller and smaller is now, in order to make it so that the crossbow arrow does not protrude past the end of the crossbow and stick out there where it's dangerous, right, where you might have performance issues or might get caught on something, the they've got a, the riser carved out so the arrow, the broadhead sits inside that. No problem with the field point, no problem with the mechanical. But on wide fixed blade broadheads, they're not going to fit in that little groove. Your real big ones. Wide fixed blade broadheads present accuracy issues that Mission probably does not want to encourage you to have. So they're probably not... I don't know. If you're using a wide fixed blade broadhead, like a big fat two blade, I doubt you're looking at a Mission for that. You know what yeah, I mean? You're probably yeah. looking at a, a different crossbow for that. You're probably the sort of guy who is not interested in 100-yard shots. No. <laughs> at least know? you better not be. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I think it's going to be harder to keep that flat blade accurate at 100 yards than it would be with our tiny mechanicals. So, that's a good point. We, we noticed that today, and I had not seen that before. So, that's pretty cool. 
the stirrup, there's no stirrup on this. You can add a stirrup on the end of it, of course. But you put your foot on top of the riser, sort of between the cables and the riser to hold it. When you were cocking it, did that feel out of place to you, a little bit off-centered, or was it It was fine? a little bit awkward, but I think it's just because I'd never done it before. Oh, yeah, it was your first time. Yeah. I was a little nervous cocking it because I'm, yeah. I'm cocking yeah. somebody else's crossbow. It makes me a little uncomfortable. But, but, but I think it was more just me getting the idea of it in my head. Yeah. Because when I actually cocked it, it, it didn't feel tippy or anything like that. You did a fine job. Well, thanks. I was very impressed. Very impressed. And you shot it, too. Did a good job with that. Well, I think that's a pretty good rundown of our experience there. We are now headed back to the house to the, enjoy the rest of the day, but we are done with all of that crossbow review business. <laughs> Let's go see what your mother's doing. <laughs> You know what that's from? Yeah. What's that from? It's from uh, Cousin Eddie. Yeah. Christmas vacation. Yeah, yeah. Let's go see what your sister's doing. <laughs> okay. Kid, my voice is giving out. I have talked too much today. Do you want to wrap this one up? Sure, because you can't. <laughs> yeah. Let me save my voice. Anyway, until next time, all hail Bungie Jr. And bungee and mission crossbows. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs>